We're sponsored by Overcast, an independent podcast app that embraces the open world of podcasting instead of locking it down. No exclusives, no premium content, no paywalls. Just a great podcast app for everyone. Get it for free in the App Store. Hi, everybody. JJ here. I just wanted to thank you again for sticking with us after the unintentionally long hiatus uh, and really hope that you are currently enjoying our triumphant return to season two. I did want to give a bit of a heads up. This episode is both funny with some people getting high in it, but also has some uh, pretty intense uh, discussions of things like death, uh, divorce, uh, explicit descriptions of how an abortion works. Uh, and so if you're sensitive to any of those sort of things, please check the uh, show notes so you can get the timestamps for everything. We always do that if there's any sensitive things. And then I wanted to say as a treat, uh, especially for sticking it out with us, we are very happy to finally present the voice of Zoe, played by Samira Naimi. Enjoy. Joe. Joe. I finally heard from my friend. She's doing well. She's kind of embarrassed that I've been reading her poetry to strangers, but whatever. I told her people liked it. She's been traveling with this professor guy and his girlfriend. He was a medical professor, and he's been studying Marie's disease, and he might have found a treatment. Might being the key word here. Holy fart, Jess. That's amazing. How do we get it to Scout? Can we can we meet him somewhere or, or talk to him or, or, or something? I'm... I'm so happy. This is such good news. It is. If he's legitimate, I don't have all the details yet. Treatment can range anywhere from actual medicine to putting expensive crystals up your... Okay, that's not what he's suggesting, right? Joe, honestly, all I've cared about is getting to reconnect with Audrey... I barely know anything about the guy. Audrey just told me that he's a little weird, but he's been having results. Something about extreme times means extreme measures, but that's all I've got on him. Mm, okay, yeah, he doesn't. He does sound a bit weird, and maybe not in the fun way. Um, will you get back to me if he seems legit enough to connect with Scout somehow? Yeah, now the trick is to find out if he's weird because he's in academia too long, or something worse. All right, fellow survivors. We have it. That thing we've really, really started to run low on. Hope. This is the After Disaster Broadcast, created by J.J. Ranvier. Location update? Middle of nowhere. Like, actual nowhere. Like, not even cornfields and dead cows nowhere. Just grass. Just dead, crunchy grass. But you know what always pops up in the middle of nowhere? Like, actual farking nowhere? Trailer parks. Multiple trailer parks. We were planning to stop at one for the night. Most of the trailers looked more like 
piles of scrap metal than a place for shelter. But Scout was starting to have a really bad knee flare-up. Like, instead of pain face charts for her, we use curse charts. And this one wavered between a three to four long word swear. So bad enough to need to stop early. Unfortunately, the park we picked was one of the occupied ones. And they were not fans of outsiders. I mean, they, they didn't attack us or anything. But when we entered the park, this tall white woman stepped out onto the road to block our path. And she gave us one of the most intense scowls I have ever seen. Like, I was almost more impressed than I was scared. Almost. I'm, I'm always scared. Normally, this would be the part where Scout might pull out some of her social worker skills to get us out of there with Gian backing us up with some bronze, but the tall woman just gave us one look and was like, fart, well, not fart, but like, you, you know, was like, F off, we're closed. Which was weird, because I didn't know trailer parks could close, but whatever. And then after all that, surprisingly, it was Zoe who stepped up. And you could hear the nervousness in her voice, but she asked if there was an abandoned trailer we could use, saying how one of our people was in pain, but nope. The tall woman repeated, F off, and reduced Zoe to a poor little pile of I'm sorry's. That was almost the end of it. We almost uh, took her advice and effed off. Almost. Another woman, shorter, younger, ran up to the tall woman and Seeing them next to each other, it was, like, really clear that they were related, if not just straight-up sisters. And then the short one came and whispered something in the taller one's ear, and the taller one freaked out and was like, Sally! And then ran off. And we just stood there, wondering if we should leave or follow and see who or what Sally is. Leave would have been the winning option if Scout hadn't gone up to a five on the cursing chart. So, we peered down the path to see the sisters along with a couple of other residents gathered around a really, really run-down trailer. Like, one where it becomes abundantly clear that the snow and the ash made the roof collapse. And I, seeing this farked-up, cursed-looking trailer, started to get that feeling. You know, that feeling like, oh, fark. I really don't want to know what's in that trailer. I don't want to know why there's suddenly a young woman crying next to this trailer. I don't want to know why this decrepit, recently collapsed trailer looks like a deflated whoopee cushion. I don't want to know because all I know is this trailer looks like it's filled with zombies or bugs or whatever other things that should have stayed in the trailer. We watched a little bit with fascination, got a little closer, continued to watch, till I started to work up the nerve to say, it might be better if we just go and set up camp by the road. But I don't travel with a bunch of turn-and-run-from-trouble types. Especially G. The closer and closer the sisters got to the collapsed trailer, the more worried she looked, which meant her eyebrows just got closer and closer together. So she was like, damn it, they're gonna hurt themselves. And she just pushed past the distressed sisters, kicked down the door, I love it whenever she does that, and went in. They yelled everything from, it's not safe, to GTFO, but too late. We hear Jihoon rooting around in there, looking for Sally, 
Then we hear her lift up something heavy sounding, and then out comes running a skunk. Like a little skunk with a little handkerchief around her neck. And the short woman scoops up the skunk and snuggles it. And I'm like watching this and feeling like I'm watching an episode of My Unusual Pet or something like that, where this is normal, where pet skunks are normal. And G just steps out of the broken doorway and says, Your, uh, weed got pretty wet? And Scout stopped mid-swear to scream, Yes! Location update? Well, the sisters really do love their pet skunk, Sally. And as a thank you, they invited us over to the trailer that's not full of weed. They offered to feed us dinner and let us smoke with them. I really shouldn't go smoke with a bunch of strangers, but... But... Getting to see what G is like high might be worth it. And... And it'll keep my mind off of waiting to hear back from Jess about the guy with the treatment. And I'm, I'm not stressing about it. I promise I'm not. It's just, you know, been there in the back of my mind, luring and... All right. All right. It's decided. <sighs> well, I've only tried weed once. Maybe the second time is the charm. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay, I'm still too high to talk to you, so... Talk to you later! Okay. Okay? Okay. This is an acceptable amount of high. So... We ended up hanging out with the sisters. Oh, I should give them names. Oh, wait. <laughs> they, they already have names. <laughs> okay, so. The tall one in her third? Thirties. Yeah, is um Celeste, and the small younger one is mm, Angel. Mhm. Mm and the smallest one is Sally the Skunk. <laughs> it's so confusing. It's a human name. Before a skunk. That's so weird. <laughs> we were all feeling pretty good. Well, Elliot offered to stay sober just in case. And they were just more than happy to be like, click, click, click away with their needles. And Zoe tried to take one hit. <sighs> Zoe... I got paranoid about being paranoid, <laughs> and then passed on the stuff. 
she even hid under the table at some point? Poor thing. <laughs> so, it was mostly the original gang. Huh. Where are the OGs? Me, Scout, and she. Wow. Oh, Celeste, though. Celeste is totally the older sister trying to keep it all together. Even when she smoked a bowl or two, she's still so very stiff and quiet. And Angel's too busy snuggling the skunk to even smoke, and even she was more chatty. She was snuggling and kissing that skunk and telling us all about the weed and telling us about how they've been growing it while waiting for Ohio laws to just chill. And then everything just got really... not chill. And so they've been using it to barter with people on the road to get what they need and... Whoa... Radios are weird. Whoa, so... Oh! Oh, was that... Was that Jess? Jess? Hello? No. <laughs> Still no updates about treatment guy. <sighs> At one point, the vibes were almost killed, and... <laughs> wow, <laughs> vibes. <laughs> I, I am high. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, no, the vibes. <laughs> Oh, oh, okay. But yeah, <laughs> Angel wanted to know about us. Well, okay, she wanted to know about G, the great skunk savior. So she asked G if she had a husband or kids waiting back in Chicago, and it got really uncomfortably quiet. <laughs> Like, even Scout stops giggling at nothing, and Elliot stops click-click-clicking, and we were all thinking, or at least I was thinking, Oh no, you pissed off the strong lesbian, no! But, but then, she started with, uh, my wife, and then Giggled. G-hun giggled. <laughs> and then all of us just started, started giggling at about how much it's still funny to say my wife. <laughs> my wife. And then she got all quiet again and was like, I miss my wife. And then, like, she started talking.
talking about her wife. She never talks about her wife, like, ever. But she was even doing, like, little, little things with her fingers. Like, you could tell she wanted to be signing instead of talking. And then she stared off into the distance and was telling us how she missed her wife's really loud laugh and how she'd always laugh. No matter what, no matter how bad the joke was. <laughs> they sound so cute. She even told us that she met her wife at a horror movie festival. Oh, um, even better, a foreign horror movie festival, because her wife likes that. Foreign movies always have captions. But yeah. Of course it had to do with horror movies. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but yeah, the sisters were pretty cool with all of it. All the gay. Did I already say they're pretty cool? I think so. Well, yeah, the coolest thing was that Scout... <laughs> Scout was the scoutiest Scout. Well, she wasn't scouting... It means she was laughing and snorting and even telling long stories. She wasn't telling stories for a while. She couldn't get through them. But Scout started telling us a story of the first time she got high with her family. And Scout's mom caught her with weed when she was in high school. And instead of getting in deep sharp for it, she was just made to share with her family. She was like, I was poor then pissed, but any time I could avoid a spanking, I would. So they all passed around a blunt, and then the ridiculousness began. God, I don't know how, but even High Scout can talk so fast. Her mom apparently loved to cook, and Scout was like any proper southern woman does. And her mom decided now and then was the time she wanted to try a recipe she had always wanted to try. She ended up making so much soup that she overfilled even her biggest pot and it got all over the kitchen floor. <laughs> but Billy and Willie, <laughs> Billy and Willie, Billy and Willie, <laughs> Billy and Willie still ate it all of it, all of it out on a couch on the porch. And then while they were sitting out there, they swear up and down that they saw Bigfoot. Wandering through the woods, they ended up chasing a bobcat. <laughs> so the vibes were good again. Until... Until Scout got all sad again. I thought she was gonna be like, oh no, I'm gonna die all over again, and then I'd have to feel bad for not telling her about the treatment stuff yet, because I don't want to give her false hope if the guy's not legit. I started to get paranoid about that in the space of that awkward silence, but then she was all sad and was like, I miss my family too. They're all dead. 
And I was like, whoa. All of them? Smooth Prendercast. Real smooth. But yeah. Turns out there's a big meth problem in Tennessee, and both her parents died of overdoses, and Billy and Willie both died in car crashes doing dumb things in their trucks, so... Yeah, Scout not having any family left to go home to, that... That explains a lot. It got really quiet after that. And then Angel, sweet, chatty Angel, started crying. Looks like Scout's not the only one with dead relatives. Celeste told us how their middle sister died earlier that year from pregnancy complications. And Angel started crying harder. Zoe picked up what she was putting down and was like, Are you pregnant? And Angel started crying even harder, so we, uh, we took that as a yes. So, occasion update. Currently waiting outside as Zoe talks to Angel about her options. I am the only one because I was too high and was still giggling at everything, and G kicked me out <laughs> for giggling, but. Oof, I feel like I'm finally coming down a bit. I was glad they didn't get to me and my family. I didn't want to tell them about Gina. Not yet. Not about how much my mom just treated her like absolute... Oh, hey G. Well, it seems like Zoe convinced Angel her best option is an abortion. Actually, apparently it didn't take too much convincing. G told me that Zoe asked Angel if she wanted a night or two to think on it. Maybe give her the pill for when she was ready, but nope. Angel was like, nope. How soon can we get this over with? So yeah, they're, uh, in there right now, getting Angel ready. Ellie's gonna act as assistant, Celeste as emotional support, and Scout is napping under the kitchen table, so they just left her. I knew being around Zoe meant possibly being around her when she did did performed, made an abortion? I knew this situation was a possibility, but it still feels intense. I'm also weirdly fascinated because I didn't realize until now I have no idea how an abortion works. G wasn't really interested in talking about abortion logistics, and honestly, I thought she wouldn't really feel like talking at all after telling me what I needed to know. But after a long silence... Okay, probably seemed long to me, but probably of preferable length to Jihoon. But after a bit, she was like, 
I can't believe I said so much about Holly. And then another pause, which I think I held my breath during the whole time. And she was like, talking about Holly is hard. We were discussing the possibility of divorce the month before all of this happened. Another agonizing pause, and then she was like, she wanted an open marriage because of all of my traveling for work. I've never wanted anyone else in my life. We stood in silence for what felt like another eternity, but more probably just enough time to make sure G felt heard, and then I was like, thank you for telling me. I have to go pee. But really it was that I just had to say something or scream something into the void about the fact that she opened up to me about a personal thing and I just whoa hey 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 who are you uh hey Zoe um how's the whole everything going oh Hi, Joe. Good news. I found some really strong painkillers in my bag that'll make this absolutely easy breezy for Angel. Oh, I mean, sorry. As easy as this can be. So, I'm gonna put the speculum in soon, and the whole thing should be done in a few sucks of a vacuum. Okay, good, good, great. That sounds uh, really, really great. So it'll be quick, right? Okay, speculum is in. Um... Joe, I don't mean to be rude, but is everything out there going okay? We've been hearing some, uh, sounds outside the door. Well, I, I, I didn't want to worry you, but it seems like Angel's boyfriend came to see her, and he's really not happy. Like, I really hope you don't have much left to do. He's really getting in G's face for guarding the door, and... Oh. Holy shit. G just punched him. Oh, okay, sorry, but is G fighting Angel's boyfriend? Fighting would imply that this was an even match. Oh no, 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 I'm so sorry. I'm almost done getting everything out. Is G okay? Oh yeah, G is totally kicking this guy's ass. Location update? Staying overnight at the trailer park to get some rest after one farking heck of a, a day. Angel's boyfriend had farked off several weeks ago when he found out she was pregnant, so of course he decides to make his triumphant return right when Angel was in the middle of something. Something very important, at least that's how she put it when she tried to keep him from going inside the trailer. He didn't take that well, tried to shove past Jihun. And no one, especially no man, lays hands on Jihun. He's lucky that she just started off merely pushing him back from the door and mentioning that Angel was with a doctor. And that's when he figured it out, unfortunately, and started yelling about how Angel better not kill his future son. Sir, doesn't have a brain yet, let alone a gender, but whatever. He tried to take a swing at Jihun for getting in his way, and then that was the end of civility. 
She faked for his face and then punched him in the gut. The boyfriend tried to grab her and then she moved right out of his grasps and kneed him in the groin and then he went down and then, okay, I don't remember every single detail, but the summary is that she easily countered so many of his moves that by the end he was in a ball of pain on the ground and it was awesome. <laughs> I am worried about leaving Angel and Celeste tomorrow. She's going to be recovering from the abortion for the rest of the next day or two, but at least they won't be alone. It turns out there's quite a bit of a community here at the trailer park. We met most of them when they came out to see the fight and stayed to cheer on Jihun. But yeah, Celeste has been using her weed to help a lot of people and the community gets stuff they need, so if she needs help, if the boyfriend comes back... There will be other people there to show him how bad he is in a fight. Uh, I just hope I can sleep tonight. I haven't heard a peep from Jess about her friend and more so the professor guy she's traveling with, but... Hey, at least I have this crazy, crazy day to distract me and... All these things I learned about my friends. Ah, okay, okay. I can't stay up talking on the radio. Catch you all on the next frequency. Joe out. Thank you for listening to the After Disaster broadcast. This was written and produced by JJ Ronvier. Thank you to the Nerdalogs for mentoring us and to Cards Against Humanity for letting us use their space. The voice of Joe Prendergast is J.J. Ronbier. The outro person is me, Caitlin Robb. The voice of the artist is Pearl Paramadaluk. Our audio editor is Rory Strawn-Mock. Enjoyed the podcast? So did we. Subscribe to keep listening to us and leave us a nice review on iTunes. It really helps. J.J. reads all of them. Please give her something nice to read. In return, email us at theafterdisasterbroadcast at gmail.com that you did, and we will send you one of our rad stickers as a thank you. Even if you're international, we have international stamps now. The stamps have moons on them. Either way, we're bribing you. To support Joe and her journey to Chicago, please check us out at patreon.com slash theafterdisasterbroadcast where you can support us and get bonus mini-episodes. For more on the broadcast and Surviving the Apocalypse, check us out on Twitter at AfterDisasterBC or on any media that makes you feel social in this wasteland. And now, we leave you with this. Survival tip. Always travel with a buddy so there will be someone to greatly exaggerate your death later. This podcast has been produced in association with the Nerdalogs. To find out more about the Nerdalogs and their shows, visit www.nerdalogs.com or facebook.com slash nerdalogs. Thanks for listening.